On today's episode of Deeper Planet, I speak to Beju Selenki. Beju is CEO and founder of Inspirit Global, an award-winning entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, best-selling author, and performance psychologist. Beju has written three books on entrepreneurship, personal development, and peak performance. Today, I speak to Beju about his journey, his three books, and how we can all work together on our inner game to build a deeper planet. Hi, Beju. How are you doing today? I'm well done, very well indeed, and really excited to uh, be on your podcast and uh, and uh, yeah, this conversation. I've been uh, been looking forward to. It. I think you were my first experience on uh, on the Wisdom app, and I know we're we're talking on your podcast, so uh, excited to be here. Yeah, so a little background about uh, how you got here, um, and uh, what is it that you contribute the most to when it comes to living a deeper life in your own life? Well, you know, my background, you know, I, I I've been working in running my business for the last 16, 17 years now. But prior to that, I was an academic. I was a psychology lecturer. And uh, then after that, I was uh, in corporate sales for nine years. And, you know, the thing with, you know, we, how often people say that if I knew what I knew now when I was younger, I'd be unbeatable. Because with wisdom, with experience, goes so many insights. You can't learn from a book or a textbook or, or through other people's experiences. You have to experience it yourself. Now, listen, we can have mentors and coaches and we can learn how to make fewer mistakes when you're um, working with others. But a richer life is is literally learning and not making the same mistakes. And your, your, your podcast is all about Deeper Planet. For, the plan- for us to evolve on this planet, if we're not learning, we're dying. And, we, you know, we're in an age now whereby standing still means you're going backwards. You know, there was a time 30, 40, 50 years ago that if you stood still, you'd be okay. You know, you're going with a thing and you're okay. But now, if you stand still, don't change, adapt every single day, not only in your thinking, but in terms of your actions and your habits, you're going to be left behind. And that's the speed of change that we're exposed to now. Very interesting. I listened to your TEDx talk about, you know, how education needs to be primed for entrepreneurship and the new ways of the world. And I, I thought it was, you know, I don't know if it was back in 2016 that you did that, but uh, what a what a change things have changed since then that's right in line with what that topic was. Was that 2016 you did that? That was 2016. My TED talk for those who was all around why teach and entrepreneurship entrepreneurship skills in schools is essential i'm really um uh you know it's sad to say i don't think much has changed within the school system it said now the awareness might be there and they're very conscious now that they need to be um educating our children into the current ways of the world but the curriculum itself especially in the uk i can't speak for other countries but especially in the uk the curriculum itself is still geared towards teaching subjects out of context and for jobs that potentially are not going to be in existence now, you know, um, yes, we need to know the three R's, read, writing, and, you know, reading and grammar and, and maths, etc. But I really think that, you know, entrepreneurial teaching is about teaching subjects within the context of stuff. So, you know, how many go to remember school or hated maths or hated history or hated geography or hated physics and sciences? But a lot of those subjects are taught out of context. Imagine a child was interested in the arts or in 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 you know in in music. You can teach maths in the context of music. If people are interested in sport, you can teach um, uh, English in terms of you know uh, uh, how uh, sport is communicated in in the workplace. So there's so many things that we can be done that, unfortunately, within the current curriculum, it's not been done. So. Um, 
you know, uh, it's not been progressed. Outside of that, you know, things like Wisdom and the Clubhouse and other social media apps. If you go, do you, we need to go to school? You could type in a subject area and there's a Skillshare, there's a video, there's an online course on everything that we need to be educated to. But unfortunately, I think the school system is still geared towards jobs that are not existing, not going to be exist in existence when the, when children leave school. Yeah, and I think the stats actually back that up. Just a U.S. statistic, roughly 56% of those are self-employed in 2019 had a college degree. That was down from 60% in 2018 and down from 64% in 2017. So just from when you had your talk, it dropped over 10%. And uh, college admissions are seeing a definite decrease, especially uh, in a lot of these you know business-type programs and things like that. Uh, people like Gary Vaynerchuk and people that are like sort of touting from the rooftops, you don't need this college, you just do. And that's your entrepreneurship. But then that kicks in why they need to reach out to a coach. And a coach starts to become ongoing, continual sharpening of your, what you call the inner game. So you want to talk a little bit about your the inner game, outer game, and the game plan as you were talking in your book? Yeah, yeah. So to give, give people some context, when I... um. When I wrote the book Change Your Game, um, I, I looked at what it takes to to be successful in changing your game. When I first started my business, I was very action orientated. I had a very strong mindset, but I had very little strategy. My game plan wasn't good. The result of that was over five years, especially the first five years of my business, is that uh, yes, I had good clients. I I generated lots of money. However, if I was true to myself, my business wasn't five years old. It was one year old five times. Now, there's a difference there because I couldn't rinse and repeat because my strategy wasn't clear. And then I looked at other businesses and other people who are successful. And was it that they had a great, great, strong mindset, a growth mindset? Yes, they did. Was it also that they had a, a good roadmap, a, a strategy, i.e. a game plan? Yes, they did. Or was it about they took consistent action? Was the outer game good? And I found that the highly successful people had all three things in place. And sometimes we fall into the trap thinking, well, what does it take to be successful? Do you need to have a strong mindset? Yes, you do. But then you forget the other two things, the strategy or take an action. Now, we all take action, but the difference that makes the difference is the consistent action. So when you talk about the inner game, what I realized was in order for you to up your game, to change your game, to really be a success in your life, you need to... Uh, life's a game you need to conquer three games and those games are as you mentioned number one the inner game which is your mindset your thoughts your emotions how your self-awareness your emotional intelligence and understanding how does your inner game serve you or not serve you and this goes back to you know your the way you think and the language you use and the second game is the game plan i.e how clear are you in your strategy in your roadmap i.e do you know where you're heading towards you might not necessarily know the how but you need to have an idea of what the vision looks like. What's the end goal you're looking for? And then the third game is the outer game, which is about uh, your actions you take. But more importantly, as I said, the consistency and the persistency of the actions. We all know that without action, nothing happens. However, if you're not consistent in your in your actions, then nothing's gonna uh, um, uh, nothing's gonna be as successful as you want it to be. But this is all related. So somebody may not be consistent in their actions because of their inner game, i.e. they've got a, a story playing that they're not good enough or they feel that um, 
uh, they need to plan extra or they feel that uh, they're not ready. So their inner game, the impact of the inner game has an impact on the consistent the actions. So all of a sudden your, your outer game potential is being influenced by inner game. Now someone might say that's the result because their game plan isn't clear. So the game plan isn't sorted out, which means it affects the inner game because their confidence is low. So it's all linked, linked in. So my book, Change Your Game, I talk about how you can uh, address each of those three inner games and how each of those games work in conjunction with others. But this is the thing. It's not the same for everybody. For somebody, they could have a strong mindset, which means they're going to be more consistent in actions. For some people, the reason they can be more consistent in their actions is they're clear on their plan. And for other people, when they take lots of action consistently, it means they improve their inner game. So depending on the individual, it's being aware of the free games, but the methodology will be different to different people. We're speaking with Baiju Slanky. He is a CEO and founder of Inspire Global. He's an award-winning entrepreneur turned from academic into businessman. You don't see that very often. Did you take a lot of business classes or were you kind of, was it just a natural fit for you to uh, be driven toward the, bus the business mindset, the entrepreneurship mindset? Well, one thing I would answer that in two ways. Number one, um, uh, did it come natural? No. Number two, did I take any classes? No, not in that respect. So my, my degree, my first degree is in psychology, my master's in sports psychology. So my, my background is all about performance. But I in my corporate sales job, I was uh, accidentally very good at selling. I didn't want to be a salesman. I didn't want to be known as a salesman. So when I used to book my appointments, I used to make sure that when I go and see my, um, uh, my prospective clients, is I just wanted to be their friends. So in order to be their friends and not be seen as a salesman, I started being interested in them. And I did that all by accident. Now, that's one of the key skills in selling is to be interested in someone else so they build their trust in you, which you can sell more. And I did that all by accident. And then I realized after three or four years in my sales job, actually, why are people buying from me? Why am I getting big, big sales? And then I started researching about sales techniques, looking at Brian Tracy, Doug Carnegie, all different. And I realized, wow, I was doing a lot of the things that top sales people did naturally then i started when i started um I, I knew i was wanted to run my own business but i didn't know how or what and when i really made a decision in 2006 to leave my job and business i thought well, look you know the way i'm going to learn is by doing it so taking the bull by horns leaving my job not not irresponsibly but in being empowered left my job to start my business and literally learning as i go along and that's been the best Best thing with business, business is very simple. We overcomplicate it. When you go and um, business is about sales and marketing. And yes, the operations is essential because without the operations, you can fall by the wayside, your strategy, which I did. But you learn by doing. And I think the, the, the best way to learn about business is by practicing and, 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 and doing the thing itself and making small changes and learning about the small things as you go along. But you can have all the best operations. You can have all the best plans. But if you're not selling, you have no business. And that's the first thing I did. So I've got yeah, two minutes. Uh... Am, I, am I being chucked out in two minutes? Or not? Yep. No, 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 no. Uh, you're going to have to come up a couple times just because okay. uh, I have the timer set at 15. I forgot to change it. But um, yep. So just pop back up here. Um, so anyway, we're talking to Beiju uh, Selenki. And uh, he is the uh, purveyor of the InSpirit 
uh, Academy, and he has a really great uh, second season podcast as well that you can get on all of the top places. Do you want to talk a little bit about your podcast and uh, where, 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 what kind of topics you talk about and where it's going in the future? Yeah, no, thanks. Though. So the On Spirit podcast, I launched it during lockdown, during the lockdown in the UK, where I just reached out to a lot of my peers, my friends, the people that I admire, and said, "Do you know what? Let's get on a, let's get on a Zoom call and let's do an interview, talk about your journey of entrepreneurship, but also a lot about how they handling the pandemic and the lockdown and everything that came with it." So I, um, uh, I just did that. That was season one. So I did a series of interviews, and then coming out of lockdown, series two was some more interviews but a lot of my monologues you know sort of little 10 15 minute uh, monologues of just insights based taken taken from my book about how to change your game and uh, we're, we're i'm really proud we're about to launch um season three um in uh, uh next month end of next month which we are going to be doing a bit more deep diving into the the inner game the outer game and the, and the game plan with other highly um highly successful entrepreneurs and business leaders but also academics and, to, you know, because the way I think about it is if you're successful, you need to have an entrepreneurial spirit. It doesn't mean you know how to run a business, but it's all about entrepreneurship is a mindset. Because once you start to understand where entrepreneurship comes from, which we can talk about later, you can start to understand that entrepreneurship isn't about business, but it's a way of thinking. It's a behavior. So, uh, yeah. So the podcast is just um, talking about the entrepreneurial spirit in different genres and different contexts with some really interesting people. Excellent. We're going to talk more about that when you come right back up. Um, and uh, we're talking to Beju Solanke. We're talking about business. We're talking about life. We're talking about transformation and everything under the sun, really, uh, when it comes to life. You know, that's what I talk about on this podcast is, you know, how is it that we take a new reflection point? How do we look at things a little bit differently uh, so that we can get, you know, where we want to go in uh, life? Uh, just to take it back to the podcast for just a second, um, one of the things I wanted to ask somebody that's working on his third season of podcast, what are some of the extra benefits of doing podcasts because i know that you had talked about in your book that you had talked to a hundred different entrepreneurs in your research um the networking that you did to have your podcast has it helped you to write books has it helped you to expand your content or uh how you think about things absolutely because when you do a podcast it does three things number one it naturally you know, it's your sort of own, if you like, radio station, a bit like what you're doing here in Wisdom. It's your own way of, you know, communicating your wisdom, your insights, your learnings to a greater audience. The second thing, by giving other people a platform, that like the way you're doing with me, uh, Daryl, you're, you're, you're expanding your audience, you're expanding your reach, and you're also, there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than, than um, uh, acknowledging and recognizing someone else's genius and insights into a subject area that you're interested in because it positions you then as someone who's an authority. And the third thing is giving me great content for, you know, the, the books I'm writing right now. I'm publishing three books this year. Um, uh, and so the learnings I've got from the podcast and the feedback I'm getting, getting from the podcast have been fantastic. But that also does this, is when you run your own podcast, you get invited like you have here, you get invited to be, appear on other people's podcasts because they – you know, everybody shares their knowledge, everybody shares their insights, which means that you get a wider audience. And hopefully from being on your podcast, I'll get more listeners on my podcast and vice versa. That's excellent. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I think that's the ancillary effect that uh, I, I'm starting to see the effect. I'm only about four <laughs> podcasts in, so I got a long way to go to catch up to you, my friend. But uh, 
Um, excellent uh, information. I really appreciate it. And folks, if you're listening here on the Wisdom uh, app, you'll have a chance to ask your personal questions to Beju uh, right after we're done with this podcast recording. And that's going to be bonus content for those that are Patreon subscribers to the Deeper Planet podcast. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about time investing. One of the things I noticed in one of your talks is you talked about becoming a good steward of your time and crushing the idea of busy, just getting rid of that as, as, a, as a framework of your life. Uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about that from you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's one thing I noticed when I started my own business and, and going out in the world and serving my clients and speaking to other people, I'm sure we've all been in a position whereby you go to a networking event or you speak to other businesses and, you know, you ask people, you know, how's things? How's, oh yeah, I'm really busy. And they use this notion of busyness to equal successfulness. And then again, anecdotally, I just started looking at, you know, are the busy people necessarily the most successful? No, there is zero correlation between how busy you are and how successful you are. If in effect, the, the successful people weren't busy, they were productive. So then I started looking at what busy actually means. And if you think the word busy, um, ask, ask the people here, the people who are listening to this podcast, the people who are listening here right now, when you think of the word busy, in your mind, what's the image you create? Now, for most people, it's like panic. Um, there's lots of activity. It's hectic. There's lots of things going on. But is it productive? It's not. So I refuse to be busy. What I do is be, be productive and effective. Now, does that mean that my day is not occupied with lots of things that I'm doing? No. And, I'm, and, I, and I say to people on this, uh, listening to this podcast that... I'm sure when you look at your day, you've got something at 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. You've got to send an email. You've got to write a report. You've got to be appear on a podcast. You've got to return a sales call. You've got to write a proposal. You've got all these things. But where busyness comes in is when you collapse all of those things together and you think, oh, my God, I've got so much to do today. Whereas, why don't you just look at each task and just do each task? You're not busy. Like, if someone asks me now, are you busy right now? No, I'm having a chat with Daryl. I'm on his podcast. We're answering your questions. I'm serving the community, and that's it. And when this podcast finished, I'll be going and probably going to make some dinner. I'll be making some dinner. Then I'm going to ring my uh, girlfriend later on, have a chat with her. And tomorrow, I'm going to wake up. I've got a meeting at 9 o'clock. I've got a coaching client at 10. I've got to send, send some emails. So I'm just doing the tasks as I'm doing the task, and I refuse to be busy. And the reason we become busy is we collapse everything together, and all of a sudden, we've got this lump of activity which means, oh my God, I feel busy. And I, again, I ask people, when you've got a to-do list, how many of you actually get to the point, end of the day, you've done everything you wanted to do? Invariably, no, I never get it finished. Actually, it adds more to the list. Exactly. Because you're never allowing yourself to be productive and effective. So I have two non-negotiables. Number one, I'm never late for anything. I refuse to be late. Now, people might say, well, how can you promise that? I'm never late for a client meeting. I'm never late to, I even say to my clients, when I, when we have these sessions, I will always be on time. I will never be late. If I say I'm going to do something, I will always turn up and, and return the calls. I will always do that. And people say, how can you do that? Life gets in the way. Yeah, life does happen. However, what I find is people hide behind the Tourette's excuse of how the world shows up for them so they can use it. Oh, do you know what? Sorry, I'm late. Um, uh, uh, I just finished enough of the report. The last call was, uh, was, uh, was um, overran. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm late. The train was late. I can tell you that 99% of the time, I'm on time. And when I am late, 
people think, oh my God, there must be an excuse. What that forces me to do by giving that commitment to myself and to my clients is that it forces me to think of my life in a different way. What do I need to put in place in order that I'm not late? So for example, I'm always in the gym by 7 a.m. every morning. That's guaranteed. Now you might say, what if you have a late night? What if you've got things to do? And invariably, I will make sure I'll organize my life so I'm not late. I'll do it. And the thing with being uh, late is this. It's not about being late. It's the respect you give yourself and the respect you give others. There is two things that everybody in the world wants more of, more time, more money. One thing you can influence, the other thing you, you, you cannot. You can influence how much money you earn by the activities you do in the time you have available. There's no such thing as time management. It's all about energy. You can't manage a constant that's constantly moving. But what you can do is how are you using your time as efficiently as possible? So I say to people, stop being busy. Look at the things that you need to do in order to move the needle in your business and life and make sure you're as effective and productive in those moments. Stay present, be effective in those moments. And I promise you, remove the word busy from your life, you'll become much more productive. That's my notion. Yeah, I really like that. I want to ask you this question because I think of time also having a return on investment. And I wanted to get some ideas from you of what are good ROIs for time? What are wasted kind of time activities uh, in, in your book? So, so I, I talk about these things. Most people measure their outcomes and results on actual, like it could be, like, did I get that? Did I close that client? Did they get that money in? Did that, did that person reply to me? And there's three areas that you can measure product, uh, measure outcomes on. In terms of sort of return investment on your time, number one, how did you feel? Did you feel better at the end of that period? Number two, when you're honest with yourself, how productive were you? Are? Did you get that blog finished? Did you write that report? Did you reply to the email? How much productivity did you get? And not worry about the outcome. And number three is the actual result. So when you measure your return on investment on your time, measure on those three things. How did you feel at the end of that time? Did you feel good? Did you feel better? Did you feel energized? Great, it's a great return on investment. Did you get things done? Did you write those two blogs? Did you return those three emails? Did you get that um, uh, uh, report written? Did you? Great, don't worry about the impact of that report. And number three, did you actually get an outcome? When you made that sales call, did that person uh, sign on the dotted line? Did they give that commitment? So when you start measuring your outcomes, not on the tangible end result and based on productivity and on uh, energy, you start to see how much more productive you are because, oh, sorry, you start to see how much more your confidence raises because when we measure outcomes just on tangible money in my bank, only that mark or someone saying yes, and those are free and far between, your energy can drain. So it's understanding that your, it's understanding how, what outcome you're looking for. And for me, is detaching yourself emotionally from the outcome, but commit to the outcome, but also understanding that feeling productivity is good measures of return on time as well as the results itself. Very good. I, I want to ask you this, as you were saying that I was wondering, you know, I've been in business for 25 years. I've been my own boss. And sometimes as your own boss, you get to take a, a nap if you work from home or, you know, you get to determine, you know, how you plan your schedule. How do you feel about the time, um, uh, or the ROI for the, your time of just like taking a nap 
or uh, making calls to people in your network to just kind of, you know, uh, keep that up and going. Like those are sometimes the things that I sit there and feel little guilty of, but mm. then I'm like, I feel good. I feel like I'm more productive because when you're tired and you're just staring in front of a computer and going through auto autonomous, you know, just actions and you're like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. But yet when you're refreshed and you're feeling like on top of the world or you're, you know, you've got a network that is vibrant, not just going stale day by day. You know, these are kinds of things that I look at in the big picture of living a deeper life is how do we give ourselves the permission to do what seems uncommon as far as productivity, but yet it has a, a magnifying effect. I was wondering what your opinion is on that. No, hundred percent. And like, you know, that, that, you know, we've all been in that game. If we're not doing so-called work, we should feel guilty because that's what we brought out in society. If you need to work hard, you need to nine to five and all the rest of it. And I was there as well. But like you just said, you know you're more productive when you take that nap. I, I have a nap every a mid, midday nap, a midday nap every single day, whatever's going on, right? Sometimes when I go to a meeting, I try and reach it earlier, sit in the car, have a five, 10 minute nap. So you've got to ask yourself is judge your feeling. Do you know, you said, how do you give yourself your permission? You just give yourself permission, give yourself permission. Actually, if it's, do I spend four hours because I have to do it on something? Or do I actually say, do you know what? I'm going to spend an hour doing this. Take some time out, go for a walk, read something, have something to eat, have a little nap, and then go back to it. Your productivity will be that much better. And, and the, the proof's in the pudding. The proof's in the pudding in terms of the output. And also, you know, we're living in society now. There's so much information out there that if you do not fill your tank, others do not get the best of you. So you're being selfish on a very negative way if you push through and not fill your tank because others, especially in the service-based, even if you're in a product-based, a service-based industry, they don't get the best of you. So how do you give yourself permission? You just do. Because otherwise, the the consequence of not feeling yourself is you're just going to run out of steam. You're going to be burnt out and you're going to go in this cycle of, of, of work, 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 work. And then all of a sudden, you've got, you're going to crash and burn. So it's it's your duty to take care of yourself, whatever that looks like, nice food, um, exercise, meditation, uh, going for a walk, speaking to people. You know, we are, you know, if you think about mental health, like think about a pandemic, is you never hear anybody who have um, um, taken their own life because of hunger. It's usually because of loneliness, because of mental issues, because of uh, a sense of uh, self-worth is down. And We've got to say to yourself that actually by not reaching out to others just to have a chat, just to see how they are, is actually you're, you're going to feed your own soul and you're feeding their soul. So it's essential. Give yourself permission. You don't need yourself permission. It's essential that you invest in yourself is as important, if not more, in, than investing in your business and, and the community at large. Taking you back to one of your other books that you wrote, I'm an entrepreneur. Get me out of here. <laughs> what was your idea for that title? I'd love that title, by the way. Well, well, there was a there was a program on um, uh, in the UK called I'm on a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. And it's all about celebrities going in the jungle and they give them loads of tasks. And so I'm not sure if that's in the US, but that was in Australia and UK. And that, that program was on. I thought, oh, do you know what? That would be a funny if I replaced the word celebrity with entrepreneur what that would be look like. So when you think about the notion of the book was really helping, um, I interviewed uh, uh, about 10, 15 entrepreneurs to find out their journey of entrepreneurship from, and it varied from male, female, academics, people who was in the job, 
uh, and then left to start their own business people who are always been in entrepreneurship. And the idea is sometimes people have this mindset of an entrepreneurship, but they're stuck somewhere. So it's about, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I need to break out of the chains of my current existence and need to unleash myself. So that was the notion of the book. Do you still think with all of that, that entrepreneurship is one of the best careers choices anybody can make? Well, I, I would say it's not a career choice. It's a life choice because yeah. entrepreneurship seeps into every area of life. This goes back to when you understand where the word entrepreneur comes from, the word entrepreneur, the definition, the etymology of the word comes from a Sanskrit word, Athena Prena, directly translated means inner spirit. So to be entrepreneurial is to unleash your inner spirit to create. Now, we've taken that from a Western society to mean uh, to create a business. But this could be to create anything, to create the lifestyle we want, to create a charity, to create a, um, mm. um, uh, a product or service. But when you just add value to a service or product for profit, that's business. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But the thinking, the behaviors and the actions to take something to add value to create a profit is entrepreneurial thinking. Excellent. I uh, come right back up. We're talking to Beju Solenki. He is the founder and CEO of Inspirit uh, Global. Uh, he is an author of three books and I guess three on the way. So um, lots of great content coming out. And uh, I have uh, more questions. This is our last segment. Then we'll have a chance for you to ask questions on the Wisdom app uh, as part of our bonus uh, uh, content here. I want to ask a question about social media. I mean, here we are on a social audio platform, which I just absolutely love social audio, but you are a content creator yourself. You spend a lot of time, obviously, running your own business. I want to ask you this question. How, how much is too much social media uh, output for, or distraction uh, to your everyday business? Because I see a lot of people struggle with how do you balance your social media, quote unquote, promotion uh, content and also like running your business and doing the, the, the stuff that runs a business and all of these kinds of things. It feels like a, a bit of a tug, uh, especially when you're first starting out. I was just wondering what you were thinking about that. Well, it's, it's not a tug because it's part of it. There's nothing, it's only too much if it's noise and doesn't add value, mm. right? If no one's watching it, if no one's looking it, if no one's responding to it, then it's obviously just noise and you don't want to add to noise. And it, is it a tug? Because a business requires your operations. It requires mm. sales. It requires marketing. Yeah. But we live in an age now where marketing isn't just about promotion. It's about value content, educational content, entertaining content. And people, browsers, are buyers are browsers. So People are going to browse on things that entertain them, educate them, make them feel good. So if your stuff does one of those three things, they're going to naturally uh, become interested in you. If they become interested in you, they're going to look at what you have that's going to either solve a problem in their life, enhance their life, make their life better. If that happens to be a coaching program, then they're going to buy it. If that happens to be a book, they're going to buy it. If it happens to be a widget, that means that when they wake up in the day, they they can make a cup of tea more efficiently, they're going to buy it. But they're not going to buy it if they don't like you, trust you, or know you. So it's the onus of us. If we choose to be in this entrepreneur world, it's your duty to communicate to the world. Now, where the tactics come in and the different ways of wisdom or clubhouse or Instagram is 
some content are just going to be well more received. So this is where now you've got to up your game, right? How do I add trending sounds? Do I add emojis? Do I add graphics? Do I add motion videos and all these things? So promotion for promotion's sake is just noise. But then you've got to up your level and how you do that, like we've got this wisdom out. So the way wisdom is operate very different to Clubhouse. They're both social media apps, but the the mecha, the UX, the mechanism, the, the experience is very different. Some people prefer wisdom, some people prefer Clubhouse. So where's your audience hangout? So it's not about too much. It's about are you adding value to the world? If you are, the audience will find you. Very interesting. I think that sometimes businesses, when they start out, like uh, I noticed you had sort of the game plan for you know adding social media into the mix once you get your product and your offering right and i think that sometimes people get into the social media thing with one or two followers and it's just like if you pour in you know it's 80 percent of your week into one and two followers and you're not focusing on your product or your service i think that's the rub i was talking about uh getting getting the social media too far ahead of your actual business's progress there's an element of that, but then there's an argument to say, well, you need to be out there. Don't wait, don't wait till you're ready before you're out there. You know, mm. there's nothing wrong with, you know, saying some people might be listening to thinking, well, you know, I haven't got my product or service right. However, it doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion, you don't have to say. So look at other people that are doing their thing. You're looking to position yourself and, mm. um, and, uh, and, and, and comment on it. For example, I, I currently coach uh, master's students, engineering master's students. And, uh, you know, they're looking for, they're doing their master's, they're looking for internships and they're looking to, you know, get a job probably this time next year. And I was speaking to one student and he was really, as he's, he loves, he's um, interested in um, uh, battery storage, renewable battery storage, right? But he mm -hmm. specifically is interested in solid lithium batteries. And most lithium batteries at the moment is liquid, liquid based, right? And I said to him, well, is that the holy grail that once that engineer finds out the solution to solid-based lithium? He goes, absolutely. And so we went on LinkedIn. We did a search on solid lithium batteries. And there is conversations at the moment. There's companies who are on that trail to, to understand the benefits and renewables and all that all that stuff. That And I started showing him. He goes, wow, there are already people having conversation. I said, yeah. So imagine this now, right? As you as a student commented and, and asked questions of all the people who are currently companies talking about solid lithium batteries by the time you graduate next year you're going to have this content library of opinion and i believe you me the company is going to come after you you don't have to go look at them because they're going to say this guy is interested he's asked great questions he's got an opinion about this area so you're creating your collateral before you are ready to go out there by giving your opinion asking great questions and position yourself within that within that field so I really like that. Yeah, that, that was uh, eye-opening for me. Now, I was surprised by this stat. I want to bring this up to you. Um, 31 million entrepreneurs in the United States. Um, and of the high-performing startups, which is the top 0.1% of companies, um, the average entrepreneur in the U.S. starts their company at the age of 45 so if you're ever like looking at yourself and saying it's all these young kids starting all these companies, you, you know, the average is the age of 45. You still have a lot of chances to just jump in the game. What do you think about that statistic? And it, does that resonate with what you've also seen uh, where you work? 100% in the UK. If you think if the average is 45, how many, you start, how many people are starting their business in the 50s and 60s and 70s? 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, we know yeah. the KFC story. You know, Colonel Saunders didn't get his first restaurant until he was 67 or something. So, and yeah, there's 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 a advantage in terms of being really young and 16, 17, 18 and getting in there and starting a business. And they're probably really passionate and 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 uh, and and um and talented in one area, tech or marketing. But there's also there's a lot of merit in starting business later on in life when you're 45, 50, 60, because you've got all this wisdom and you've got all this insight mm-hmm. and you can really focus. And also the pressure of having to be successful at a later age isn't there. It's the converse, actually, because you can look at it and think, do you know what? It's not about time's not against you because you've got wisdom and wisdom can sort of accelerate the time um, equation. And there's merits in working both. It's like there is no... You know, I, I I've got I've got my video producer uh, editor is a uh, is is uh, 19 years old, and the the type of things that he can create for me is very different than I would because I can give him the content and then he makes it look even prettier than I've got. You know, so you know, young people can work with old people, and age is only a number. And I don't I say that I say that flippantly, but I also say that in terms of wherever you're at, look at the 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 advantage you have with that with that with that wisdom and new age you know like you say my background's in academia and in corporate so i've got the advantage of knowing how an academic thinks and a corporate things but there's other people who worked in a corporate in a tech space that got massive advantage over me because they've got these insights in terms of tech so wherever you are you've got an advantage is understanding where your where that advantage lies one of the other things I noticed in a talk that you had, uh, Beju, was about not starting with the results and being result focused. And uh, you talked about this idea of be, do, have. Do you want to explain a little bit about that for us today? 100%. You know, some people have probably come across the be, do, have model whereby, you know, you be who you want to be so you can um, do what you want so you can have anything you want, which is, which is fine. And I take this premise. Most people live their life imagine b do have as three circles on a sheet coming b on the on the left hand side then have in the middle and then and then and sorry do in the middle and have it on 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 the right hand side and most people live um uh right to left they start with what they want what they have what do i want what do i have i want a house i want big a big car i want lots of money i want the girl i want the man i want all these things and then they say right if i want these things what do i need to do Right. If order, if in order for me to have a, a great big house, I need to earn lots of money. In order for me to go and get the girl or the or the man, I need to go dating. In order for me to um, um, become famous, I need to get lots of followers. So they immediately go to the do. So we live our life with all these wants and then the list of do's. And our life oscillates between what we need to do every day so I can get what I want, what I need to do to get what I want. Now, invariably, just because you do something, you're not always going to get it. So then people then change. They don't, oh, I'm not getting what I want. Right, I need to change my target. So then they either up their vision or lower their vision. And their life is oscillating between do and want and they never ever get to be happy, content, rich. So my premise with the be, do, have model is don't start with what you want. Start from the place of who you want to be. And then ask yourself, if I was to be this person, what do I do? I use the example of the gold, med- the gold medal athlete. The gold medal athlete will act like a gold medal athlete before they've won gold. So if I ask everybody listening to this um, to this podcast, if you were to picture what the what the actions and habits and the thinking of someone who's a gold medal athlete would be like before they've won the gold medal, I guarantee that most people say, yeah, they'd be disciplined. They'd wake up early in the morning. They're, they train the right way. They eat the right foods. They have the right amount of sleep. 
they've got a coach and they're quite disciplined in life because that's what you expect someone to win a goal to be like that you don't need the gold medal to then act like a gold medalist just act like a gold medalist right now so ask yourself this if you're someone who's running a life who goes out there i want to run a successful business what would you do what how would you be you would be someone who's more disciplined you'd be someone who will take no for an answer you'd be someone who acts rich you'd be someone who acts successful so does a happy person become successful or does a successful person become happy so start from the place of who you want to be and then list all the things you want to be and then say right what do i need to do to be that person the results then look after themselves you don't have to worry about the result yes you have a vision yes you have a big house vision or or the car or the or the relationship or the successful business right but you don't have to worry about that anymore it's like when you get in the car you put the destination in you don't have to worry about the destination anymore you just focus on taking the next step going to trust in the process driving and the gps the car the sat nav adjust the route based on obstacles and you've got to trust that once you've set your target is now be the person who's going to get that target and focus on what you need to do based on who you want to be, not what you want to do on based on what you want to have. I hope that helps. That does help a lot. Thank you for that. I have one last question for you. I ask this of all the guests that come on here. Um, if you were to take all that you've learned here today about the inner game, the outer game, the game plan, you know, uh, a lot of the things we talked about here with regard to, you know, getting yourself and your mindset right. Um, how is it that you think that that those teachings could help people to live a deeper life and then also help the planet be a deeper place uh, to, for all of us to live? The thing is this, right, is we all think that um, when we're not self-aware, we think everything revolves around us. We wake up, oh my, look at the problems I've got. I've got to do this. I've got to earn this money. I've got to, you know, survive today. We are as individuals are only born to survive. We're not born to thrive because to, to thrive, we've got to enter a mind space, a certain behavior, a certain think that means it stretches every ounce of our body. And that, that means we have to get exposed to different ways of thinking, different habits, different, different standards every day in order to thrive. And it's your duty to say then, right, okay, what do I need to do for myself? And actually understand that you are not that important. Meaning, we're 7.9 billion people in the world. In our lifetime, we're only really going to meet 80, 85, 90,000 people. That's it. So we think we know the world. We think um, there's only one way of thinking. We think the way that we look at the world is the way everybody looks in the world. Get with the program. We're a speck of dust. So when we remove the self-importance, remove our ego, and say, you know what? We are just custodians of this world. We are, it's our duty now. We've been given this life. It's a miracle that we're born. Make the most of it. Get rid of complaint. Stop complaining. Stop moaning. Practice gratitude. Take action every day. Serve yourself. Make sure you take care of yourself and humanity be a better place. Beju, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome, my friend. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you again for listening to Deeper Planet. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Plus, don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Deeper Planet with Daryl.